you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church. Let's get with it. Let's see what the Lord has for us. Amen. Anyone enjoy the week we had last week? Amen. I'm telling you, it's a, what an amazing time to get to be able to open up this building. Now, I'm, I'm thankful to have this building here. Amen. Just like we have down in Dundalk when the Lord, when the Lord came uh, and spoke to us about coming over to Ireland, this is one of the things that he, he asked us to do, and that was to plant buildings, to, to plant churches, but, but give them a building, not just rent facilities, but, but actually have a building. Why? Because it it sows roots into the ground. Amen. It, it establishes something in a city that can't be that can't be taken away. Amen. We can't. We we won't have landlords over here that get mad at us because we're a church or because we're we're meeting maybe when we shouldn't be meeting and say, oh, you can't do these things anymore. No, no. There's a place that'll be established for generations in here. Amen. I'm telling you, girl, you may be preaching up here before it's all said and done. You know what I'm saying? Now, now all this being, if Jesus tarries and doesn't decide to come back soon, which I believe that's going to happen, but but this will be a generational place for the kingdom. And we, we need to start sowing roots. We need to think about things generationally. Amen. God thinks about things generationally. Amen. One of these days we may get on that topic here because I love to talk about a, a generational legacy that the Lord is trying to, to trying to sow through us to where we start thinking about these kids and the little ones. Amen. And everything that God is doing for us and for them. Amen. Because God cares about the little ones. Amen. Glory to God. And I, I care about the little ones. I love the little ones. Amen. But y'all enjoy Dermot Landy last week? Amen. What, what, a, what a blessing to hear from, I love an evangelistic message. Amen. I lo- and I love to have him come around. He's such, a, he's, such a, he's such a good man. I mean, he has a heart for the lost. He has a heart for the church. And how many of y'all know this is God's heart? Amen. A heart for what? A heart for the lost and a heart for the church. Amen. God's government, God's, God's families. Amen. And I'm thankful, I'm thankful for it. We had a we had a, a great week. I know a few of y'all were out here with us on the streets last week, but we had a great time on the streets. Got to pray, uh, pray for healing for a few people. Got to, you know, lead a few people to, to salvation. You know, so that was that's always a blessing. It's a it's a good thing to do. Amen. I'm, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I like evangelism. I'm not an evangelist. I like evangelism because I like I like people. I mean, uh, which is contrary to how I used to be. I used to hate people, amen, before God, before God changed my heart, amen. I was very hard, and I used to not like people at all, but God changed me. I like people. I, like, I want to see people saved. I want to see them get filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to see people healed and living for the things of God. But listen, church, there's some things that need to get changed in evangelism. I mean, there's things that need to get changed in evangelism here on the streets. Because, see, we have so many people nowadays that want to go out on the streets. They want, they want to teach. They want to preach. They want to lead people to the Lord. They want to put a notch on their belt. But they have no intentions to disciple people. Oh, come on, church. Uh, they have no intentions of discipling people. I mean, we need to get to that place where we not only want to see people saved and healed, amen, but we want to see them discipled. We want to see them coming into the kingdom of God, getting trained up in the things of God. This is God's heart. This is what he wants. I mean, he wants us to grow up. He wants people to grow up in the things of God. We can't, uh, we can't, uh, no, no, okay, I'll go there. We, we, we need to be believing God for opportunities. Yeah, we need to be believing God for opportunities to, to lead people to the Lord. But we don't need to just lead people to the Lord and then send them out to the world and say, man, man, I sure hope they make it. I sure hope they find a church. I sure so hope something happens good for them, church, because I'm telling you, this is absolutely irresponsible. 
It's irresponsible. I've been doing these. I've been doing these. I've been in ministry since 2007, I guess it is now. And I'm telling you, I've seen this happen over and over and over. And I'm telling you, it's irresponsible. I mean, God never told us to go out there and just say, have people say the prayer and then lead them and let them go on about their business. That's not what he said. What did he say in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18, 19, and 20? He says, all authority has been given unto me. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. He says, go therefore. Why? Because I'm the one that has the authority. If you're going to be my children, if you're going to be hooked up with me, go therefore and what? Make disciples of all nations. Not... not not just go, go, repeat this prayer after me. Now, now go on about your business. I got, I, got, I got one more notch on my belt. Now he said, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them all things that I've commanded you. He goes, Lo, because I'm going to be with you until the end of the age. I'm going to be with you till I come back. So go, therefore, and do these things. Go do them in my power. This is what God's desiring us to do, amen? We've got to stop thinking about ourselves and how great we are in doing things and start having enough love and compassion for people that we want to see them fulfill their destiny. We want to see them find their calling. We want to see them built up in the things of God, amen, to where they don't, get, they don't just get lost in the numbers out there. That they don't miss it when Jesus comes back. Because I'm telling you, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people in the church, they're going to miss it when Jesus comes back. They're going to miss it. Why? Because they don't, they, they're, not, they're not in union with him. Oh, they've said the prayer, glory to God, they've said the prayer, amen, but no change has made place on the inside of them, amen. We need, we need to have a heart after people. This is why we built this church here. Amen? Because we got a heart out for people. This is a training center. Amen? It's, it's meant for you guys to get trained up so you can go outside the four walls of this church and go grab a hold of people, lead them unto the Lord, and then bring them back into this place where they can get trained up. This is not an ego trip. Amen? This is not an ego trip. This, if it's an ego trip, I'm failing at it because this place is empty compared to what it, what it should be. Amen? But this is not an ego trip. I mean, I had a successful business back in the States. I didn't need to come over here. I mean, I didn't need to do that. I have a, we have a successful, amazing Holy Ghost church down in Dundalk. I didn't need to walk out of that and come up here. Amen? But it's what the Lord wants. I mean, it's what the, war, it's what the Lord wants. It's his desire. Why? Because he wants training centers built up. He wants people of this city to be changed. He wants people of this city to get so built up in the spirit of God and the power of God that when they go out of there, people just flock to them. They don't even know why, but they're so oozing with the anointing of God on them. I mean, are you oozing in here today? Huh? Are we oozing? I'm telling you, this place ought to be so on fire, just like at Azusa Street. People start flocking to it. Why? Because they see, it's, they see f- literal flames coming off of it. They're calling the fire department. Amen. Why? Because, because of what's going on. I'm telling you, the power of God is tangible. It's tangible. I mean, if you'll get hooked up with it. So we, need to get, we need to step outside of religion, church, and start getting a compassion for the things of God, getting moved, moved on by the things of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. Church, I tell you, I'm thankful for people that are hungry after the things of God. But if you're just looking for a little bit of crack, if you're looking for a little bit of fellowship, ooh, I'm telling you, you probably came into the wrong church. Hmm? You probably came into the wrong church. 
Amen. Not that we won't have crack, not that we won't have fellowship. Amen. But, but I'm telling you, we, you know, we are going to push the word of God in this place. And when you push the word of God, man, it will give you plenty of opportunity to get offended. It's going to give you plenty of opportunity to get offended. It was just like Cynthia. I was chatting with her the other day and talking about some, talking about some folks. And I was like, oh, I said, ah, uh, she, they, they, weren't, they weren't offended about this. It's, uh, they said, oh, don't worry. Tell them to keep on coming. And they'll, they'll stay offended. You know, they'll have plenty of opportunity to get offended around here. Why? Because we teach the word. How many of y'all know the word is offensive? Amen. The word will put a demand on you. The word puts a demand on you to what? To eat, to change, amen? And sometimes that change is very offensive to us, amen? See, see, as the word goes forth in this place, you'll either make a decision like, I'm going to change, I'm going to let it mold me into where I begin to look like Jesus, or it's going to change you to the place where you never come back into these doors again, amen? Amen, the word, I'm telling you, the word's powerful, it's sharp, it wants to divide. It wants to cut. It wants to, it wants to shave everything off of you that doesn't look like Jesus. And I'm thankful for it. I'm telling you, I used to hate that kind of preaching. Amen. Why? Because I didn't want to look like Jesus. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. But I'm telling you, and when you get that hunger on the inside of you to start looking like him, talking like him, moving like him, having his goodness flow through you, I'm telling you, church, you're going to want stuff to shave off anything that doesn't look like him. I'm telling you, I ask these things every day. I'm telling you, I want him to take things. I know there's still things on the inside of me. I mean, all you got to do is ask him. He'll start revealing them to you, and he'll start, he'll start, teaching you how to just shed them off, shed them off, shed them off. Amen. And what happens? You start looking more and more and more like our king. And I'm telling you, that's the place we need to get to. That's the place I desire to. I don't know, I don't know if it's what you're desiring, but listen, churches, it's, it's what I'm desiring. Amen. Is anyone with me in here today on these things? I mean, anyone wants to look like Jesus, just slip your hand up. Amen. Well, glory to God. It got, uh, at least me, oh, well, I'll let that one go. <laughs> I'll let that one go. But praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, listen, church, we're going to talk a little bit. I was planning on talking a little bit about being led by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Has, any, have, has anyone here, let me take a look at that. Has anyone in here ever had any, te- outside the people from Dundalk, has anyone had any teaching on how to be led by the Spirit of God? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. That is, uh, that, that is what we will, be, we will be going into here in the next couple weeks. But the Lord has me, I'm going to take a little bit of a sidetrack here right now because we got a several different, you know, in these next couple of weeks, things are going to look a little different because it's, you know, Christmas and New Year's. And, and we need to have some consistency when we're going to talk about being led by the Spirit. Here, here in this church, you're going to get, you'll get, you'll get a daily dose or a weekly dose of, of several things. And that's going to be healing. That's going to be faith. That's going to be how to be led by the Spirit. A lot of these things you'll see incorporated in, in our services weekly because this is kind of the message that the Lord has given us. Amen. And this is what we live by. I'm telling you, if you'll submit yourselves unto them, submit yourselves unto the teaching and the word, listen, church, it'll change you. I promise you, it'll change you and make some good things, make some good things happen on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. But listen, we're going to, we're going to take a slight little change here and we are going to talk a little bit about faith today. Why? Because faith is a great message. Amen. Probably one of my favorite topics to talk about, to teach on is the message of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have any of y'all ever heard this, this, this saying, you can mimic one's faith, but you can't mimic one's grace or anointing? Have any of you ever heard that? Amen. I know some of my people have heard it because I say it. Amen. But listen, you can mimic someone's faith, 
but you cannot mimic the grace that's upon them. You cannot mimic the anointing that's upon someone, but you can mimic their faith. Amen. What does that mean? So you can have spiritual leaders, you can have friends, you can have family people, people that, that are willing to step out in faith and do things for God. And you can watch what they do, see how they do things. You can grab a hold of that, amen, and start walking in faith as well and learn how to, learn how to step out in faith. But listen, you cannot... You cannot see someone and see the grace that's upon them, see the anointing that comes upon them and how they do things. You can't mimic those things. I'll get you in some spiritual trouble. Amen? Because you'll start stepping out of your lane. You'll step out of what God's placed upon us. You know, I'll give you an example. You know, the office of the evangelist. I like it a lot because it's not me. Amen. It's something that's different from me. I think they're amazing. I like how they do things. They can, you know, they can get up, they can get up in the pulpit or out in the streets and they can they can sit there and they can give a message. Sometimes it means absolutely nothing. Amen. They get up and tell a few jokes, tell a few poems, tell a, you know, give a few examples of things that's happened in their life. And they're like, who wants to get saved? And then people just flock onto them. And it's absolutely amazing. Why is that happening? It's because it's an anointing that's on them. Amen. I can't get up and tell you what I had for breakfast this morning. Oh, I had eggs and bacon and a couple bits of toast. Now, who wants to get baptized in the Holy Ghost? I mean, I can't do that. That's not an anointing that's upon me. But it is upon many evangelists. Amen. And it's absolutely fascinating to me that, that they can tell a couple jokes and they get more people saved than I did in all one year. Amen. But that's the anointing. That's the calling that they, that, they, that they walk in. And listen, church, it's amazing. It's different. That's why we need all the different facets of ministry operating in the church, operating through us, because they have their own place. We just got to learn to stay in our own lane. Amen. Don't try to be like someone else. Amen. We need, to, we need to be who what the Lord has called us to be, you know, operating what God's uh, called you to operate and do what he's asked you to do. Amen. You'll be successful and victorious in everything that he's done. Amen. But regarding faith, but regarding faith, amen, you can look at someone, you can look at their walk of faith. Amen. And you can begin to mimic some of the things that they're doing. Amen. just like you can mimic unbelief. And see, at most of the church, Mimics a whole lot of unbelief that gets preached up here right now. See, this is where the church is right now. There's a whole lot of things that, that they want to talk about what they don't believe, the things that you know, God won't do anymore, God won't heal, God won't do this, God won't do that. And see, we, we, a lot of the church nowadays will mimic that unbelief, amen? But when, but when you start preaching the Word of God, start preaching faith, start preaching healing, start preaching the baptism of the Holy Ghost, people don't want to believe that. Listen, don't mimic unbelief. We're believers, amen? The God called us to be believers in this house. He didn't call us to be unbelievers, Amen. Who cares about the things you don't believe about? I don't care about them. Amen. Let's talk about things you do believe. Amen. We're believers. Let's talk about things that we believe. Amen. In Romans 12, 3, it says, For I say, according to the grace that has been given unto me. See, Paul, you know, talking to the church here, he says, Listen, a grace has been poured out upon me. Amen. As an apostle, listen to the things I got to teach you. Amen. He goes, I have a great grace to teach you, to say a few things. He says, he goes, the grace accorded me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to. Don't think yourself more highly than you ought to, but be sober. Amen. For as according to God has dealt every man the same measure of faith. He's dealt every man. See, see he's, he's given a grace for Paul to say these things. But he said, listen, each and every one of us, we have all been dealt the same measure 
of faith. He says, so don't, be, so don't get so haughty on your own self. Don't think yourself more highly than you ought to. Don't get intoxicated with who you think you are, amen, because you've got a few people saved. You got, you've been saved for 50 years. You've done this. You went to Bible school. You've, you've done all. Don't, don't think yourself more highly than you ought to. He says, be sober. Don't get intoxicated with yourself. Get intoxicated with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Why? Because God has dealt all of us the same measure of faith. See, he's given the same measure of faith to me that he did to Brother Adrian here, that he has to Jason, that he has to John, that he has to you, that he has to you, that he has to you. We have all been given the same measure. He does not favor me over he favors anyone else. Amen. He doesn't favor me. God says that he is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't favor one person on another. No, no, he gave everyone the same measure of faith. We all have that same measure. Glory to God. You say, what is that measure? It comes out of Galatians chapter 5, which Jason's been teaching on here on Wednesdays there in Dundalk. And some great teaching. You might want to go on our website and listen to it. I mean, what is it? Faith is part of the uh, gifting of the Spirit that, or a uh, fruit of the Spirit that's been placed upon each and every one of us. You say, what is that? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Amen. It's part of what the Holy Ghost, it, it brings a fruit upon us. Amen. A fruit that gets birth in us. Amen. From the, from the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us. The only difference is some of us with that fruit that God's placed on the inside of us, we exercise it. Amen. We exercise it. We begin to step out in these things. And when we step out in faith, we begin to trust the Holy Ghost. We, we trust what the Word of God says. And I'm telling you, amazing things begin to happen. Why? Because we get a confidence. I mean, see, the more you step out in faith, the more you believe God, the more you uh, trust the Holy Spirit when he's leading you. Listen, church, you will get a confidence starting to build up on the inside of you to where you think you can take on the world. Why? Because it's not you having to do it. It's the Spirit of God doing it through you. Amen. It's the Spirit of God doing it through you. Say, well, how do, how do I get this confidence? How do I get this ability to even just step out in faith once? Listen, church, you'll hear this a lot from this pulpit. It comes from intimacy. It comes from intimacy. It comes from, from desiring, amen, God, desiring to be in union with him, desiring, allowing him to, to, uh, to be in union with you and, and operate together, you know, as one, amen, being, being in union with him, this intimacy, the more you're intimate with him, listen, you'll trust what he has to say, amen, just like my wife, I trust what my wife has to say, why, because we're intimate, I mean, she, she don't lie to me. I mean, she's straight up on everything. It, all, the truth always comes out of her mouth, and I can take it 100% of the time and go to the banquet. Amen? Why? Because there's an intimacy there. God wants you to get in that place of intimacy as well. He wants you to get to that place where, where you know, when, when you're having pillow talk with him, amen, he's, he's building you up to where you absolutely trust everything that he's leading you to do, and you can step out hmm, and be victorious, amen? Step out and be victorious and everything that you're going. Glory to God. I'm telling you, intimacy, church. Intimacy, it births. Intimacy, it births a, a trust in the word spoken to you and the word itself. Amen. It'll birth a trust in these things where you'll be willing to step out any time in any place. Amen. See, contrary to popular belief, Contrary to popular belief, it doesn't take a lot of faith to do something. And you see, we in the church, we always want to measure everything by quantity. 
And it's like, oh, well, that church isn't successful. You know, they only got 20 people, you know, showing up over there. Really? You know? You know, success is just doing what God's asked you to do. That's where success comes from. I mean, and quantity has nothing to do with it. Amen. Paul and Barnabas, they went around the world and they shook the, they shook the nations. Like two people flowing with the things of God. Why? Because that's what the Lord asked them to do. I mean, it doesn't take, take 100 people. It doesn't take 5,000 people to change a city. I mean, it takes two people. I mean, two people leaning into what the Holy Ghost wants to do. Listen, we can, we can change this place. Amen. You look around and you say, well, y'all sure did put in a whole lot of chairs in this place. I promise you they're going to be filled. Why? Not because, not because I am, because how good I am. It's because I know the Lord told us to buy this building. Amen. He would have put us in a little small building, which would have been a whole lot cheaper, and I would have been enjoying that a lot more, amen. That's not where you want us to be, amen. We're going to remove some of these angels that are sitting in some of these seats here, and we're going to replace them with people as what? As we get trained up in the things of God. As we get trained up in the things of God and start changing this city. Hallelujah, amen. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm desiring to do, amen. We got to stop thinking of faith and, and the size of quantity as well. Amen. It's not, oh, oh, Brother Adrian, he has a lot of faith. He has, you know, God gave him that, that dose of faith. He can get out in there. He can do a lot of things. No, that, that's not accurate. I mean, see, the Bible teaches a wee, a wee dose of faith. Just a wee dose of faith. The size of a mustard seed can change everything. Can change everything. All it takes is just a wee little pinch. Can change every circumstance. Can bring victory in every part of your life. What does Matthew 17, 20 say? If you have the faith the size of a, a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, you know, be, go yonder over there, be removed and go over here. He says, nothing shall be impossible with you. You know, if you look at that word, nothing in the Greek, it's an amazing word. You know what it means? Absolutely nothing. It means nothing. It means anything that God has told you to do, nothing will be impossible. Amen. All you got to do is allow that wee little mustard seed. Oh, I just don't have a lot of faith. Good. You don't need a whole lot. All you need is just a little mustard seed and nothing's going to be impossible for you. All you got to do is be willing to step out. Trust in them. Trust in the word. Trust in the spirit. Trust in Jesus. Trust in your father. And I'm telling you, nothing will be impossible for you. Glory to God. Let's go here to Mark chapter 5. Amen. I was studying through this this week as I was starting to prepare for being led by the Spirit when the Holy Ghost kind of changed my, my direction here. Amen. We're going to go in Mark chapter 5, probably one of my favorite chapters. I, I love to preach on this. But we're going we're gonna to pick up here on the woman with the issue of blood. Now, now many of us know this, this, uh, this story here. This is, you know, Jairus when he comes and meets Jesus and, and uh, asks him to come heal his daughter. Amen. Now, I find this story fascinating. I find it fascinating because there's a woman here that interrupted a great procession, amen, that was led by Jesus and a leader of a synagogue. Led by Jesus and one of the leaders of the synagogue. Why is that fascinating? Because she refused to allow anything come or get in the middle or drive a wedge in between her and what she was desiring to receive from God. You say, what is that? Healing, forgiveness, life. She wouldn't let anything get in the midst. She was willing to go through and pay the price, amen, to receive what God had for her. So let's pick this up in, in, in verse 25 here. It says, a certain woman with an issue of blood 
12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse, but rather grew worse. This woman, this woman was sick, amen. This woman was sick for 12 years, amen. She had 12 years with issue of, with an issue of blood seeking to get healed. It says she spent Every penny that she had to get healed. Every penny. Now, if you, if you listen to most theologians or historians, they'd say that this woman actually had great wealth. She had great wealth, but in 12 years, she spent every pound, every euro, every dollar that she had trying to get healed. But she didn't get healed. As a matter of fact, every surgery they had, which had to be crude back in those days, everything they did for her, she didn't grow better. She actually got worse. Amen. The problem persisted, and the problem got worse day after day after day. Now, how many of y'all would spend everything you have to get healed? And maybe you're like, I don't know if I would. I'm telling you, you'd spend every penny you have to get healing in your body. You say, why is that? Because it is the innate desire that God has placed on the inside of you. How many of you know you weren't designed to die? See, this is, this, is, this is like revelation to church nowadays. You weren't born on this earth to die. You weren't created. Humanity wasn't created to die here on this earth. We were created to live forever. Hello? We were created to live forever. How, why is man dying now? It's because sin entered, iniquity entered into man, and now, now death there. That's, this is why it took a thousand years for man to, die, to know how to die. It wasn't because they, they had to learn how to die. Amen. They went from a thousand years to 800 years to 700 years to now 100 years, 70 years. Amen. Why? God's placed this on the inside of us. Listen, I'm telling you, you will get rid of everything you have to get healing in your body. To have healing in your Bible. Listen, church, I got good news for you today. Amen. I got good news for you today. Amen. 2,000 years ago, there was a man named Jesus. Amen. He, he is, is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And through the blood of that spotless Lamb of God, amen, the yoke, the bondage, the curse of sickness and disease is done from humanity. It's been taken away from humanity. But see, there's, there's a big statement here that I'm about to make that you're going to have to grab a hold of. Although this curse has been taken away, there's a big if there. Amen. The curse has been taken away. Sickness has been taken away. Disease has been taken away. If, if we can trust in his word, if we can apply it into our lives. I'm telling you, that doesn't mean things aren't going to come to you. Oh, tr trust me. Amen. Sickness and disease, it'll, 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 it'll try to come your way. But that doesn't mean it has you in bondage. Amen. You have the power over it. You have with the Holy Spirit on the inside of you that will drive out sickness and disease from your body and anyone that comes into contact with you if you'll trust his word. If you'll allow it to be applied into your life. I'm telling you, that's a, that's a big if, church. If you'll receive it. Amen. Ifs. If statements, man, they, they can be tough ones. Amen. But this is where we need to grow up in. I said she suffered many things of physicians. She spent all she had, but she actually grew worse. He goes, when she heard here in verse 27, when she heard of Jesus, she came into the press behind and she touched his garment and said, if I may just touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. If I can just touch his clothes, I can be made whole. I like that she said that she heard of Jesus. She heard of Jesus. 
I mean, I was thinking about that this week. She, she heard of Jesus. Now, now, now you got to understand the herd that's being talking about here. This isn't herd like, like, she, like she heard in Romans chapter 10, 17. It's not, it's not that kind of herd. She already, she already knew who Jesus was. I mean, she, she knew the things that Jesus was doing. She knew he was the prophet. She knew he was the Messiah. She knew what he could do and what he was willing to do. What did she hear here? This was just, I heard he was around. I, hear, I heard he was walking down the streets. I heard he was on Strand Road. Amen, is what, is what she heard here. This is that Greek word, akuo, right? And it means that to, to properly, it means to, to listen or to hear or to comprehend by something coming in into your ear. Amen. Now, if you contrast that, with Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, that's a different Greek word there. That's a Greek word, akale. Amen. And what does that mean? That, that, uh, I wrote down the definition of this one from the lexicon. It says, it is the hearing, the sense of hearing, hearing used in the inner spiritual hearing that goes with receiving faith from God, spiritual hearing. So what, is this, uh, uh, what, what, what does this word mean here? What, is, what does a kue mean? What does it mean? It means that, that when a word comes forth, it gets, it gets settled in your spirit. It's your spiritual ears beginning to hear something. Amen. This is when Jesus begins to speak the word of God and, and it becomes ramus. He says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, that, that hearing by the ramatos Christo, hearing by the spoken word of the anointed one himself. See, faith doesn't necessarily come because I'm standing up here teaching the word of God. Amen. No, faith comes when it begins to, you hear Jesus coming out of my mouth and it gets sowed into your spiritual ears. Then faith can grab a hold of it and you can begin to walk in it. Amen. Amen. See, see, if it was just people speaking the word of God, you could put things on YouTube or put it on replay and just sit there and listen for a month straight and you'd be like Brother Hagin here. Amen. But that's not how faith comes. Faith comes when you allow the Spirit of God to minister something into your spirit. You, you hear with your spiritual ears and not just with these. Why? Because when you hear with these, it goes in one ear and it goes right out the other one. Amen. But when we grab a hold of it with our spiritual ears, listen, it'll change something on the inside of you. See, this is why the church is for so many years. I've, I've been around faith churches for years. And, and you sit there and people, I mean, I, one of the best teachers I've ever been around in my life is my pastor. And I've had people that have sat underneath him for 20 years, amen. And then when the circumstance comes up, when they got to stand in faith for something strong and healing, they have no idea how to do it. They have no idea how to fight that battle. Why? Because they haven't been hearing the word of God with their spirit. Amen. It's just been like, man, oh, Pastor Ruth, man, he can preach. Oh, right, then he, he, he has a great sermon. No, 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 no. We got to allow the word to become a spirit, a spirit word coming into our spirit, changing us. Amen. This is where faith gets released. You say, why am I making this point? Because she already had this kind of faith. Amen. This faith was already on the inside of her. Amen. She just heard, oh, oh, Jesus, man, that Jesus, Jesus is walking down the street. Oh, Jesus? Jesus of Nazareth is walking down the street? My Jesus, the king, the prophet, the Messiah, he's walking down the street? And she said, she began to speak. She began to speak. Amen. That is powerful stuff there, church. It says, and she said, she said, if I can just touch his clothes. If I can just touch his clothes. Now, how did she get to that place where she just said, right? You go back to, what is that, Mark chapter 3? Mark chapter 3, verses 10 here. It says, for he healed many, and insomuch that they pressed upon him to touch him as many that had plagues. I mean, she heard what faith was already or stoked on the inside of her, amen? She knew that all she had to do was just go touch him, just get near him. 
Amen. Why? Because people in Mark chapter 3 were already doing these things. They were already just touching them. Jesus wasn't going around laying hands on everybody. No, people were coming up to him, just touching him, and people were getting healed. Just like when the apostles and Acts were walking down the streets and people got healed. Amen. Why is it? Because that's where their faith was driven towards. Amen. Their faith was driven towards those things and they could receive. She said, she said, oh, there's my king. There's my king. All I got to do is just go touch just the hem of his garment and I'm going to get healed. All I got to do is just go get into his presence. Amen. And I'm going to get healed. Why? Because whatsoever things you believe, church, is the things that you will confess. And the things that you confess will be the things that manifest in your life. I'm telling you, church, whatsoever things you believe is what you confess. What you confess will manifest in your life. You say, oh, pastor, I just, don't like, I just don't like where my life is right now. Well, listen, church, you have the opportunity to change it. How do I change it? Change what you believe. Well, I can see when you change what you believe, you'll begin to change what you speak. When you change what you speak, you'll change what comes uh, with the circumstances that come along in your life. And it's as simple as, it's as difficult as that, but it's as simple as that. Amen? Because whatever we believe, those are things that confess. Those things that we confess, whoo, they begin to manifest. She begins speaking. Oh, oh, all I got to do is just get into his presence, and I'll be healed. What a confidence she had. In verse 29, it says, in straightway. In straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing that virtue had gone out of him, and he turned to the press, he turned to the crowd of people, and he said, who touched my clothes? Who touched my clothes? I find that interesting here that all she had to do is, is touch his clothes, the hem of his garment. She got healed by touching clothes. Amen. I'm telling you, it's powerful. We know, we know that uh, clothing, it can, it can carry anointing. It does throughout the word. It, I can witness it from even in our ministry, these things happening. It's, it's, it's amazing. Amen. But, but the point I'm trying to make is, listen, if she would have said, if I can just go touch Jesus' hair, I'll be healed, she would, have, she would have got healed by touching his hair. If she had said, oh, if I can just go gra- grab a hold of his feet, I'll be healed, she would have been healed. Amen? Because it's what, it what she was believing, is what she was confessing, and that is what was going to manifest in her life. Amen? Jesus said that he sensed virtue, that he, he sensed that, that's, that's the Greek word dunamis there. That's actually the word power. He sensed a supernatural power flow out of him. I mean, this wasn't a, this wasn't a word of knowledge here. I mean, he didn't have a word of knowledge that, oh, someone just touched me and they got healed. No, he sensed, he sensed a transference of power flow through him into someone else. And he turned around and he looked around and said, who is that that touched me? Who is that that touched me? I mean, I know, I know exactly what Jesus is talking about here. And I don't know if any of you had laid hands on the sick, but, but listen, church, sometimes you can land on, lay your hands on people, and it's like going down there and grabbing a hold of that, that bar on that door in the back. It's cold, and there's no life in it. Amen? And you walk there, you're like, man, I ho- well, hopefully they got healed, you know, because I'm in faith. Hopefully they're in faith. But, I mean, you feel absolutely nothing. Amen? And sometimes you lay, on, lay your hands on people, and it's just like they pull so hard. They pull on everything. You can literally feel a transference of power, you know, coming from you, the Holy Spirit that's in you, transferring into that, into that other person. Now, now, that's not the witness that they're healed. Amen? Amen? But I'll, I'll tell you, I'll guarantee you, I'll walk away from those people. I know without a shadow of a doubt they're healed. Amen? Why? Because you can feel that power coming out of you. I mean, just like when you're preaching the word of God, you can feel words getting soaked into people or you can feel them hitting you in the face again as you're preaching. 
Amen. Depends on what kind of people you're around. Amen. But he felt this power come out of her, come out of him and into this lady. I'm telling you, that's powerful, powerful. In verse, uh, in verse 32, it says, and he looked about to, and to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, she came and fell down before him and told him the truth. She came down fearing and trembling. Why was the woman issue of blood fearing and trembling? Why was she in fear? She just got healed. And she just got, came to the feet of the Messiah. Why, why was she fearing and trembling? Listen, church, it wasn't because of Jesus. Amen. She, it wasn't because she knew who Jesus was. She knew what he was doing. She knew the mission that he was on. She knew that, that healing was free with him for anyone that would believe. Amen. Why was she nervous? It's because the leader of the synagogue that was with her. Amen. See, this woman right here, she should have been running around crying out, unclean, I'm unclean. Stay away, stay away from me, guys. I'm unclean. Why? Because she had an incurable disease upon her. Amen. She could have got stoned to death for this. She could have got kicked out of the synagogue for life for these things. And she was in the middle of the public, crawling around, pushing people out of the way. Why? Because she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. I'm telling you, church, this is where we need to get. Amen. We need to grab a hold of this. We have to get to this place where we trust in his word, trust in his anointing, trust in his goodness over anything that comes up that rears its ugly head in our life. I'm telling you, fear is going to come against you. Fear of embarrassment, fear of this happening, fear of this not happening. I'm telling you, we got to get rid of the what ifs. I'm telling you, she allowed the what ifs to be completely dissipated in her life and she jumped out for him. Amen. She, she didn't care. I'm, I don't care. I'm not going to get stoned. Why? Because they won't be able to prove any sicknesses upon me anymore because it'll be absolutely gone. And all I got to do, all I got to do is get to his feet. All I got to do is just touch his garment. All I got to do is just come into his presence and all the what ifs disappear. All the what ifs, they disappear. All the embarrassments disappear. All the offenses, they're going to disappear. All the hurts, they disappear. All I got to do, all I got to do is just get into his presence. All I got to do is just get into his presence and his word. His word will override everything that the world's trying to set up against me. His anointing will override everything that's trying to come against me. I just got to get into his. I just got to get into his presence. Hmm. Just got to get into his presence. This is where you'll find yourself speaking things coming out of your mouth. You're like, "What did I just say that?" When a belief. Starts getting stirred up on the inside of you. You know, people say, Well, I have this. You say, No, you don't. Amen. You start, certain things are jumping out of your mouth. Amen. Because you believe so much what the Word of God says. You believe so much what Jesus has spoken into your spirit that faith gets ignited on the inside of you. And it not only affects your life, it begins to affect the lives of people around you. It starts affecting the lives of people around you. The Lord said that she was made whole. Amen. In verse 34, it says, he goes, hear. Or, and he said unto her, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go and behold. And go and behold of thy plague. Thy faith has made thee whole. I love that. Thy faith. See, this didn't happen by Jesus stepping out in faith. Jesus didn't even know who touched her or touched him. 
I mean, it would not Jesus stepping out in faith. He says, thy faith, your faith is, your faith, your faith, your faith has made you whole. What is whole? I mean, she just doesn't get healed, church. I mean, everything that was stolen from her, everything that was robbed from her, she was made whole again. All of her finances were made whole back into her again. All of her health was made whole back into her again. All of her, all of her you know, compassion was made whole back into her again. All of her peace was made whole back into her again by merely stepping out in faith. She was made whole. How many of you know that 14 out of the 19 healing miracles that took place in the Word were initiated by the faith of the person needing healing? 14 out of 19, five of them were initiated by Jesus. The other 14 were initiated by man. Why is that? Because I'm telling you, Jesus is trying to tell us something. I mean, there's a lot more healings that took place in that, but the ones that got that he decided to place in the word, 14 out of 19 of them were average people just saying, if I can just come, if I can just grab a hold of him and his garment, I'll be saved. If I can just come touch him, if I can just get into the presence of the king, I'll be healed. And 14 and 19 of them were done this way. I'm telling you, that's, that's some powerful stuff there. But listen, church, how are we doing here on time? All right, let me make an effort to, to close up here. We can examine the faith of this woman here. We can examine her faith, see how she stepped out in faith. Amen, church. We can, we can see these things, and we can allow the Bible, allow the Word, start stirring up something in our spirit to begin to step out in faith. Amen. But listen, when we're looking at the faith of others, <laughs> okay, when we're looking at the faith of others, we have to allow our faith to line up with the Word of God and not just the results they get. Amen. See, a lot of us, we want to see the results that people get as they stood in faith, and we just want to go try to do what they did, catch the formula, and call that faith. That's not faith. That's called going after a formula. Amen. Faith comes from what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The spoken word of Christ himself. Amen. Coming forth. I mean, this is where faith is derived. Listen, I got a few more minutes. Let's go here. Let's go here to, to 1 Samuel. And I'll make this really quick. But 1 Samuel, this is, I think it's in chapter 6 here. In 1 Samuel chapter 6, yeah, l- listen to this. I, this is what kind of prompted this message here. As I was, as I was looking through this, this is, this is when the Philistines came in and they defeated, they defeated Israel here. Amen. They, they defeated Israel. And when they defeated Israel, this is when Eli the priest and, and his two sons uh, that were, had an antichrist spirit on them, amen. And they, 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 got, they got killed, amen. And Eli wasn't, wasn't you know, establishing his, his children the way he should have. So, so he ended up losing his life as well. And then Samuel, the prophet Samuel, got raised up from here. Now listen, when the Philistines came, they came in and they defeated, they defeated Israel. They took the ark of Israel. And then the priest, the high priest and, and his sons died in this, in this conflict, amen. Now, when the, uh, when the Philistines had this Ark of the Covenant in their midst, they knew the power that was in it. I mean, because everywhere the Jews went, everywhere the Hebrews went, they, they, they brought power with them. Amen. They defeated Egypt. They, they defeated every city and every nation they came into. And it was all attributed to the power of God that was in this ark. Amen. And everyone knew about it. So when the Philistines defeated them, they took the ark, amen, and then they put it in their temple. 
They put it in their own temple, which is class. I mean, any, any heathen probably would have done that. Like, oh, man, you know, we'll worship that God. And I know this God's real, too, because we've seen the things that he's doing. So we'll just put them in together. And when they put them in together, amazing thing happened. Dagon, their God, fell down and, and bowed and worshipped Ark, where, where God was. Amen. So the, their priest came in there the next morning like, oh, what's he doing there on the ground? Let's, let's pick him back up. So they stood him back up there on his feet. And what happened the next morning, they came on. He was bowed down to the Ark again, except his head was broken off. His feet were broken off and his hands were broken off amen and then what happened then you see a, a bunch of a bunch of uh, uh tumors start coming on the people then you know judgment of god started coming on my started coming in and and wreaking havoc in all these cities they start passing the ark around all the different cities like oh i don't want it here adrian you take it and adrian's oh i don't want it you know you take it so they start getting bounced around all these different cities and they came to this conclusion they said you know what he doesn't want to be here Amen. Let's let's ship him back to Israel. And we're going to ship him back into Israel. And listen to this verse here. Listen to this verse here. And, and, uh, yeah, and I'll I'll go there. In in verse 5 here, it says, Wherefore you shall make images of your emeralds and and of of your your, tumors and of your mice that that mar the land. And you shall give glory unto the God of Israel. And perhaps he will will lighten up his hand off of you and from from your gods and from off of your land. Amen. So these, these guys said, listen, we're going to send this ark off and we're going to put golden images of tumors and golden images of mice in there as an offering unto, unto God. And, we're, and maybe he'll take his hand off of our land and off of, and off of our people. Amen. You know, and then interesting thing, why, why didn't they just start worshiping him? You know, if it was me, I would have given Dagon the boot. Now, like, you're weak, man. Get, get out of here. I would, I would have shipped him out of the temple and we would have, I would have started worshiping the real God. Amen. But see, all these plagues started coming upon them. Judgment started coming upon these people. Amen. And they, they, just, they just wanted to get it out of their midst. How many of y'all know, how many of you know that there is a protocol to worshiping God? Hello? There, there is a protocol to worship him. Amen. He doesn't share. I mean, he's not going to share you. He wants all of you. He wants 100% of you. He wants to be intimate with you. He wants everything you have. Amen. He wants to be in union with you. And he will not share those things. Amen. He, he's not just going to have a part-time relationship with you. Amen. Which was proven, proven with the Philistines here. So, so he shipped them off. Now listen, they said, they said here, I think it's in verse seven here. It says, let's build a new cart. They said, let's just build a new cart and we'll send them off to Israel. We're going to hook them up to some oxes. And if, and when we hook them to this, they go towards Israel. We know it's God that's been doing these things to, to, to our land. But if he goes a different way, we'll just know it's a coincidence. How many of you know there's no coincidences? <laughs> no such thing. Amen. So they hooked them up to the ark and they sent the ark off. They sent the ark off. Amen. And the ark went over. It landed into Israel. It went off into the house of Abinadab, right? And it stood there for several years, amen, until until uh, until King David came. Now, I find this interesting. If you look in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 3, you see that you see that they they uh, when David wanted to bring this ark back home cuz obviously you want the ark back in your own city. Amen. So he was like, you know, listen, we're going to go to Adinadab's house. We're going to bring this ark back home to us. Amen. And David and his men, they all went and they looked at it and they said, look, this is how, this is how the Philistines, this is how they moved the ark over here. They built, the, they built a new cart. Amen. And then they put them on some, and some cattle were pulling it. And this is how we're going to take it back home. This is how we're going to take it back into our land. Amen. So what did he do? They went and they built a brand new cart. 
Amen. And as the cart was going down the road, the, the ox stumbled, amen, and, and Yusa, amen, touched the side of that ark. And what happened? He died instantly. He died instantly. Now, how is our God, amen, the God, that, how, how do you allow the Philistines, because you know they had their grubby hands all over this ark when they were putting it up on, on the cart and all these things. How, how did our God not destroy them when they touched it? Amen, but, but, he, but you said God destroyed for touching it. I mean, you think about that for a second. I'm telling you, that's mad, church. That's mad when you think about it. Now, these are God's chosen people. And they, they, built a, they, built an, they built a cart just like the Philistines did. Why did this man die? Why, why, see, when David and his mighty men, when they were looking, they looked at the faith of these people. I mean, they said, we're going to do exactly what they did to get the same results. But see, God blessed, he blessed, he put his favor upon the Philistines to do this. Why? Because they were doing something out of ignorance, trying to honor God. Amen. But as they were doing something in ignorance out of honoring God, the Jews knew the difference. They had the word of God. I mean, they had the word of God. And I'm telling you, we, there is a lot of accountability. There's a lot of responsibility with that book you sit in your lap. It's not just, it's not just a book. Amen. This is the word of God. And this is how God desires us to do things. It is our protocol in life. Amen. We put our faith, church, you're going to have to put your faith in, in the word and in his spirit. You can't put your faith in how other people do things. Amen. Otherwise, you're going to touch the side of that cart and listen, and you're going to perish from it. You're going to perish from it. Don't do things in ignorance. Do things by the word of God. I'll give you this one last example, and then, and then we'll, we'll get on about our business today. Amen? Listen, there is, there is this meeting that took place, and there's, a, there's some guys that uh, a word of knowledge went forth that some people needed their eyes healed. You know? So, so a, couple, some, a handful of people came up to get prayed over. They put, they put their hands on this guy, got healed. Put their hands on, got healed. Put their hands on this guy. He had big old Coke bottle glasses, and he took those glasses off, and he could look, and he said, glory to God, I can see, I can see. He threw down his glasses on the ground and started stomping on him. I'll never use these glasses again. And he, and he took off running around the building. Well, the very next person got his hands laid upon him, and he took off his glasses, threw them on the ground, started stomping on him, and he opened up his eyes, and he couldn't see anything. He couldn't see anything. He had to go to the, to the eye doctor or whatever you call that one. He had to go to the eye doctor, amen, to get a new prescription glasses to be fulfilled. Why? Because he thought, I'm going to do just what this man did right here, and I'm going to receive what he received. Now, that's not how you receive things from God. It's not, it's not by the formula of stomping on your glasses. No, this man took hold of the word of God, took hold of the law of contact and transmission, and when that power came upon him, he knew he was healed. He destroyed his glasses because he knew by faith. Not by faith in what he was doing. He already knew on the inside of him he was healed. And what happened? The manifestation took place in his body, took place in his eyes. Listen, church, let's not go after the formulas. Let's not go after formulas. We can, we can mimic one's faith, but don't mimic their formulas. We can mimic one's faith, but don't mimic how they, how they, got, the, how they got the answer. Mimic their faith. Mimic, mimic, mimic their study habits in the Word of God. Mimic their prayer life. Mimic their, their intimate life with God. Mimic some of the things that come out of their mouth and into where it absolutely changes the things that you believe. And when it changes the things you believe, it will change the things you speak. And I will guarantee you 100% when it changes the things you speak, it will change the things that manifest in your life. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. But Father, I thank you. Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, I thank you that, that truly your word and your presence, Lord, it changes everything about us. Lord, may we be people that are 
committed under your word, committed under your presence, committed under your goodness, Lord. Not on what we see everyone else doing, Lord, but may, may we be in, uh, mimics, imitators of people's faith, of, of how they can trust you, how they believe in you, how they seek after you, how they desire to go hand in hand with you, how they, whew, how they allow your goodness to flow through them so that we can have amazing things happen in our lives. Lord, everything that you lined up for us, but every blessing that you've already purchased for us, Lord, that it'll be again to, to begin to be made manifest in our lives because of what we believe. So I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that, that you're beginning to stir something on the inside of this group and to this congregation, Lord, that you, that you stir some faith on the inside of them, Lord, to, to where they will be able to step out, change the words they speak, change what's going on in their lives, Lord, not, not just so they can keep it a hold of themselves, Lord, to where they can begin to teach other people these truths, lay hands on sick and pe see people recover, that they can give because it's been freely given to them, Lord, they can freely give it away to other people. So, Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that your desire is to stir up your goodness. Your desire is to stir up faith. Your, your desire hmm, is to stir up your anointing upon each and every one of us, Lord. And we, we decree and declare we receive it today in Jesus' name. We receive it. We receive all you have for us. We don't want to miss any of it. We don't want anything left out. Everything that you purchased for us, Lord, we want the fullness of it to operate in our lives, Lord. So we thank you for it. We glorify you for it. And as is the tradition of this church, Lord, we stand on Psalm 91, that there shall no evil befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place, Lord, for you give your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways, to bear us up in your hands lest they dash thy foot against a stone, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we are protected in everything we do, every means and ways of transportation, Lord. We're, we're protected on the motorways, the seaways, the railways, the airways, Lord, even the, the walk paths, Lord. No wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself shall come against us and harm us by any means. Lord, we thank you, Lord, because we are people that, that dwell in your secret place. We've made our housing. Our home is in the secret place of the Most High. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We are in our place of protection because we're with you. We're in our place of protection because we're one with you. So we glorify you for it. We thank you, Lord, for, for our jobs. We thank you for the righteous labor of our hands. Lord, we thank you, Lord, we're a blessing to these places because we're there, because we show up. When we show up, you show up. We thank you, Lord, that our, our workplaces are prospering. We thank you that our homes are prospering. We thank you, Lord, that your goodness is flowing through everything in our lives. So we thank you for this church. We thank you, Lord, for what you're beginning here. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for small beginnings. We thank you, Lord, that you're not done. Hallelujah. We glorify you. We walk out of here in faith and love towards you and walk out of here in love towards one another. Thanking you, thanking you, Lord, that here at the Island Church, we are covered by your blood. We are empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the heart of the city on number 20A Queen Street, and we would love for you to call in and join us. Details are on our website at islandchurch.co.uk.